Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in this April uh, monthly event for of the Coworking Europe uh, conference. Um, the pandemic is still around, but we hope we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's time now to hear about personal stories, uh, how we went through that um, that um, terrible time uh, everywhere. Oh, co-working has been through that. And who better than Claire Carpenter, who has been one of our veterans in the co-working industry. Uh, Claire is based in Hedenburg, has been the founder of the Melting Pot. And yeah, it has been a pretty hard work coaster to you. But the good news is that you are about to reopen, not where you used to be, but to reopen. And the, the idea is definitely to, to discuss about that with you this morning if it's okay for you and but first of all um claire remind us who you are and what you do hi everybody lovely to see you um my name is claire carpenter and i founded the melting pots which is scotland's center for social innovation we're one of europe's first co-working hubs our audience is social innovators so people involved in social change whether they're in startup established scaling up whether they're self-employed working for non-profits working for an sme um, we've been, well, we had until last October been successfully trading from a venue in central Edinburgh for 13 years. Um, we opened the venue in 2007, started the company in 2005 and closed our first premises in at the end of October last year. So 2020, after 13 years of, de of stable delivery. So yeah, last year was shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed, we can figure it figure it out. So, um, so you are you were one of the first independent co-working space, uh, and you were co-working space operating before we even heard about the word co-working. Um, mm. It was a case for us, a number of us. Um, so, just remind us, uh, um, it was not a big space. I've been there. You, you, I was lucky enough to be invited mm. by you a few years ago uh, to visit the place. It was. Um, just in the right in the center of Edinburgh, it was quite of a cross uh, a, a crossroad. You were also very connected with the, the authorities and a lot of players in uh, in, uh, in Scotland. And you are still and you still are. So they used also the melting pot to explain what co-working was about and also to um, tell about um, the, the 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 experience that you can get also to roll out um, you know new co-working spaces uh, more in rural areas in in Scotland. So. Mm -hmm. How important were, uh, was the melting pot a still is uh, from that perspective? Can you remind us also about it? Was it a what, sorry, Jean-Yves? How important was the melting pot from that perspective? As um, um, how to say, um, an example or um, a, a Scottish um, embodiment of what co-working could provide, but also the values that it was carrying uh, yeah. outside um, for the for the region for the for the for the whole for the nation we can say the nation yeah. um, remind us a little bit because it was um, significant yeah so I think like many people who first created uh, co-working hubs the idea was very much about a resource base to resource people uh, whether they're entrepreneurs our, our lot might be social entrepreneurs social innovators but it was very much about community development. Uh, entrepreneurial development, ecosystem support, you know, the workspace. This is us. We're live here, people. This is the, the, the buzzer. It's good going. to hear. Yeah, people, I can be on the door. 
<laughs> buzzers are going. No, someone's here. They can answer the door. <laughs> um, it's because we're about to, my team who are fitting out the premises, we're, we're still in the fitting out. So I'm going to answer the door. Yeah, sure. We're, uh, this is nine o'clock in Europe in my time, and the team are about to arrive to start their day's work. So, like, but it's good to hear, it. you know, the, the bell <laughs> ringing, you know, it's after yeah, yeah. all those months. It's, it's reconforting, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll go back to the question. I think that the melting pot embodies uh, the, the values of co working in terms of creating a place where people have a sense of belonging, nurturing talent, and being part of the place making agenda. So, helping Edinburgh be a great place to, to come and to work. Excuse me. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, Neil. Hello. One of our first members. Hi there. <laughs> like, anyway, it's, this is what it's like doing Blue Peter live. This is what happens with children and animals, people. The, the customers are returning. It's, uh, no, but I think I think that's yeah. that's a great a great message. Uh, it couldn't be better. Actually. Absolutely. And I'm in a I'm in a weird room at the moment. The entrance to the building, the main entrance that will be, is uh, is locked off because it's a building site downstairs. So people are having to come up through this through this other way. So I'm sorry if that is disruptive. Don't be sorry. It's it's good to see and hear. And and so so the melting pot, as you were saying, was indeed some. A, 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 um, an organization that was uh, important. I can I can tell about it because I've been there. Yeah. You showed me. We have been in touch with for, for quite a while. Um, and again, you are reopening in a new in your new premises. Uh, that's the good news. But okay, oh, it's been the journey since uh, early last year for you. Um, yeah. What, what so, have been through, and why did I do to close down at the end? Yeah. Well, let's preface this by in the last seven years. I have tried numerous times to scale up in Edinburgh, but Edinburgh is one of the Europe's leading capital cities. It's one of the most expensive places in the UK, and it's a, it's a small city, half a million people, but it's a very desirable place to be. There's a lot of external um, demands, so it's high in finance, high in tourism, high in uh, university, um, and all of these factors are excellent when you've got a thriving economy dependent on, um, yeah. But when the pandemic, the, when the pandemic hit, you know, the city has been devastated. It's emptied of people for work, for pleasure, uh, for, to, in, in all sorts of ways to come here to study. And uh, as a, as a long-term resident of Edinburgh, actually it's been a wonderful place to be for the last year, I've got to get, get out and about in this beautiful city and experience it in a way we never normally would. But it, it's also a bit, it's been a bit alarming as well, you know, in any place that's, that's normally very populated um, by all sorts of people from all over the world, mm. you know, it's, it's scary. So we've tried to scale up numerous times over seven years and been unable to do so. The, when the pandemic hit, we were told to go and work from home. We thought that might be for a few months. I imagine that that might be longer than a few months and I was correct there. But I don't think initially when we first went underground, as it were, that we thought that it would be quite so long and that, uh, well, I don't know, who's ever been in a global pandemic before? Nobody I know. <laughs> so we're learning by doing. This is real time experience. It's live, just like the webinar. We're working it out as we go along. So 
in the end of March, we closed up. Um, we, we put our customers onto a virtual membership package where we, we created all sorts of community and learning events just to try and stay connected with people online. Um, and that, you know, that's worked to a degree of success, but it has kept people engaged. In the summer of last year, we reopened um, our premises on, on the 7th of November, but, you know, like anywhere else, everybody by summer after being locked in for a few months, everybody wanted to be out and about, going and seeing friends, doing things. Last thing they really wanted was to be going in. It's, summer is always our quietest time anyway. I'm sure it is mm. for many operators. So going into um, the summer season, the slow season, when people have been stuck indoors, they wanted to get out and about. And I could clearly see that uh, the viability of our model, which as you say, Jean-Yves, it's a small space. I paid good rent, as in like high rent. Um, so it wasn't gonna work. And I could see ahead that we were highly likely to be going into another lockdown, could be many, many, many months, could be the entire winter, that this could be happening on and off, on and off. So we just took the decision, you know, cut your losses. The thing, the important thing as an organization was to retain my knowledge, not my knowledge, my team's knowledge, to retain the people. And as much as that home had been a useful and viable home for us as an organization and for our customers, people knew it, well, there's always gonna be new buildings after, after a pandemic. Mm. There's gonna be an enormous real estate shuffle. Uh, and as I said, we've wanted to scale up for many years and we could see, we were doing research as well into the future of the office, future of work. And so doing deep market research to in, in, inform ourselves, well, what were people gonna need when they come back to an office? Because the hybrid model, uh, there's conversations about that within the industry. And um, yeah, it's like, what, what are people really gonna want to need? What are they gonna buy? What are we gonna place if we're going to get a loan, we're going to take get grants, if we're going to invest in reopening, what is it that we're reopening? So we're confident from that research that people would come back to an office. They don't want to be working from home full time or they can't work from home full time. And the audience here will understand all of those arguments. So I'm not going to spend time on that. Um, so it was then, well, what are we creating? And as I said, we've always wanted to scale up. We've, we've always had more demand than we could supply. So we went on the hunt, basically. We knew that we had to A, close down our building, B, try and maintain our customers at a period where we've not got a building to service you in. We can do some stuff online. The UK has uh, implemented the furlough scheme. So we've been able through the entire year to have some staff working some of the time and some government support to maintain jobs. Um, so we've just made, made a blend of really restricting our working hours, being hyper-focused in what we are trying to achieve. So the strategic goal of find a new viable building. That was the number one goal. Everything else was reduced down to a core. And how, so you, you say you made a decision ahead before because you, 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 you saw what was coming up and the wall that was... Uh, uh, mm, getting lower, 
yeah, the yeah. or the cliff, yeah. <laughs> cliff. <laughs> uh, so before you, you you turn the wheel and say, okay, let's let's um, stop the the hemorrhage and and um, mm. the bleeding. And um, so the um, what about the lease contract? Because I guess you had a landlord. So was it easy? Was it something you had to do just putting the, stopping the company and uh, and restarting one? Or? No, so the situation we were in, there's a strange Scottish law that after the first 10 years of our lease, instead of being, we were on a six month notice period initially, Mm -hmm. and we had enough reserves for the six months notice period. Um, But when, uh, after we turned 10 years, Neither myself, our organization and our landlord didn't seem to know that there was this strange, weird legal thing in the Scots law because they hadn't got a Scottish law lease. (laughs) Uh, And it meant that we would annually, we would take on an annual liability. Uh, Day by day by day, it would get reduced from 365 days all the way down. And so unless we, when the pandemic started and we worked from home, we very quickly got legal advice uh, to try and bottom out because we, both parties were under the impression that we were still having to give six months notice. But we double checked our information and found out that we had this annual liability. So when the pandemic started, we went to our landlord and said, look, there's no way we're going to take on this annual liability later on in the year. What can you do about this? And at that point, both parties thought we might all be shut for a few months, maybe, you know, four months. Uh, So the landlord offered us uh, a one month break clause for a six, during six month period. So I knew that from uh, the end of the summer into early this spring, we had a chance to get out quickly and relatively inexpensively if it was gonna go tits up. Technical term, go to the wall. We had we could just give one month's notice. So in the summer, when I could see that this was playing out, like oh my god, we really a we still want to scale uh, because we believe that co-working is going to come back big style, and more and more people, you know, how much advertising has co-working had this year? Masses people who never heard about co-working are suddenly thinking about co-working or flexi space or whatever you want to, however you want to go there. Yeah. So we basically recognised we could get out of our lease for the cheapest price that we could ever do and make ourselves homeless and go hunting for a building at a time when there were buildings becoming available in Edinburgh like they've never been. So we saw that there was a window of opportunity to get out and get in somewhere during during this last six months. So it, it, can, can we say that to some extent, um, the, the circumstances made it possible for you to deliver on the skill, the skill project, the skill, yeah. skill uh, scaling yeah. project that you were looking for, um, at, in better with better terms that you would have had, uh, because you were you were yeah. you were stuck with your previous building. Um, so I remember the premises was not big, uh, and and from the picture I see, I I was feeling that the location is better than the, you had. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, everything is better about this building. Okay. Everything. <laughs> we can show. Uh, you you yeah. sent me some some pictures, and uh, we can share it. Share, share it here. And uh, just one second. Um, here it is. 
So w the first picture I saw, I thought it, you were in a fire station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's close. It's close. Close by the railway station, is it? Yeah, it's right opposite one of the entrances to. There's three entrances to the main station in Edinburgh, and. Um, we were right opposite one. And our old premises were literally five minutes walk from the platforms. So it wasn't that the old premises were far away, but this is this is the work in progress. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's... what's wonderful about this space, we've got a great location. We've got three floors, uh, including ground floor. So we've got shop front visibility at street level. Uh, so the basement ground floor on the top floor, as me taking down the sign of our landlord, who will also be our customer and also be a business partner uh, in this endeavor. So Foundation Scotland have, uh, I can tell you more about them, but this is their building. Uh, okay. they're a yeah. So it's kind of managed contracts um, or is, is it a regular lease contract or you, you manage to, to get the, the landlord involved in the project? Um, it's so both organizations are non-profit organizations whose mission is to our mission is to stimulate and support social innovation our, our foundation scotland are a grant maker they uh, act as a the conduits from philanthropists and grant making trusts to community organizations and charities etc who require funding so they distribute funding so we've got an alignment of our mission and values and in our ultimately in our customers, but we both provided very different services. And I knew this building, I actually helped Foundation Scotland five years ago when they bought it, looking at their design of their space. This was their company headquarters mm -hmm. and they, but it was too big for them really. And um, they, I went to them, so maybe I'll, I'll step back. In the, in the summer, we went out hunting for buildings. So throughout September, October, November, December, we went hunting for buildings in Edinburgh. And we were coming up with quite a few options, um, but there's a lot of people, a lot of um, building owners still holding on tight to the buildings, not making decisions, or they were when we were looking. We knew that we only had a certain amount of time in order to be able to recover the business. And we couldn't, for instance, I've had, I've had friends say, why can't you get a business loan? It's like, well, you can't get a business loan if you don't have the services that you can ultimately deliver. And to deliver services, we needed a building. So there's only so long that our savings are, are and we've got good savings, that that would mm. you know, keep us alive for. So between the furlough scheme and the, the getting out of our previous lease in relatively easy terms, although there was, you know, there's obviously a big cost to leaving there's also a cost starting up that we didn't have in our budgets. So, but we, I, I approached Foundation Scotland. Uh, we was looking at a building across the street from here and I looked over and I was like, mm, I wonder what they're doing with their building. They don't seem to be in it. And I reached out to them and said, I've got a problem. You might have a problem. Maybe we could be a solution for each other. And that's really how the dance started. So. On the one hand, we're looking at buildings that we knew were definitely available, were out for rent and trying to negotiate, look, look at you know, which options would work with there. And on the other hand, it identified that this would be a good long-term strategic relationship. Um, an excellent, I knew the building, it's an excellent building, it's very, very well fitted out, 
great location. So could this be a much better option than going with a straightforward commercial, you know, a, a, just another commercial business relationship, you know, becoming a tenant again? Here, here you, you confirm this, this big trend we see in co-working now that uh, uh, you don't need necessarily to lease directly no. under a traditional leasing contract and put on your shoulders the, the burden of and the financial risk that is associated with that. That now more and more you we can be and co-working operators can be service provider in partnership with the landlords, who on the other hand also is struggling with the fact that companies uh, are not operating this, the way they used to do and uh, and definitely look for more flexibility themselves and tenants are not as ready as they used to be uh, to to just put a higher deposit and and risk anything or everything when once there is a downturn at some level because a lot of companies um, or in, in restaurants and cafes we know what will put them in in, in the bankruptcy and the, at the end of the day is this contract most most likely it's it's yeah. it's it, you are demonstrating this this big trends to some extent uh, is it, yeah and there's a hybrid between all of that like we yeah. have i won't give you the terms of the lease but there's a balance between the comfort the landlord having comfort with income and then uh the landlord having extra you know if mm. we do really well they'll do very well if we do good they'll do good yeah. You know, if, if it's hard, it's hard. So, and how, how do they make sure, according to you, that you 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 work enough on being su successful? Because it, at the end yeah. of the day, it, they become an investor in your company. Absolutely. So the team, the personality, the commitment becomes critical. Yeah. Super super important. Absolutely. So we have uh, strategic relationships between the two organisations. Remember, this is more than just the building, like. The building is the first part of a collaboration between our two organizations. So one of the things the Melton Pot's done for the last nine years is incubate social change initiatives. Um, you know, we've got education programs. We've also helped people create co-working hubs around the world and accelerate that trend through our co-working accelerator. And so getting this foundation stone back solid for in the city center for many social change organizations and individuals working social change in Scotland who are helping build back better is the number one thing that we need to do. And then there are other stages that we can go through. And both organizations are looking for how can we collaborate to strengthen our social impact across mm -hmm. Scotland and across the world. So yes, we will create a fantastic scaled up co-working hub for social innovators uh, here in this beautiful building um and we're ripping it apart right now mm. <laughs> i spoke with giles yesterday who's the ceo of foundation scotland and gave him a virtual tour i was like oh sorry been been cutting this up taking that apart pulling down that wall you know he was very very kind about it just said we've made great progress great progress but, but you, uh, fund, you are funding yourself the the fit out uh or is it also a partnership that's there's a balance. There's a balance. So we're in we've invested a lot of our reserves, obviously, in trying mm. to get back uh, and, and building. So we're we're investing our reserves in our people and our and our startup. We've taken on a loan. Uh, we've got because we're a charity. We've been able to take on some grant funding, uh, which has been fantastic. Um, and the landlord, as a landlord, is also investing in this reboot because 
this will be our forever home. We make this work, it's big enough to, and the relationship with them is strong, should be strong enough mm. that this isn't a place that we need to leave. So when we scale from here, we'll be scaling into neighborhood hubs and helping, continuing to help other people create hubs around the world. So, you know, our, our network of, you know, as, as a, as to, to scale our operations and our, and our impact doesn't necessarily require that the melting pot has its name on lots of locations. We can do that in lot. We can do that in multiple ways from uh, working with organizations to help them deliver a co-working hub to help them scale it up. There's, there's different ways that we can play about with it, but you don't have to create a chain of buildings that you run yourself and own yourself to make impact and, and create co-working. So yeah, let's play around with it. What we know is people will want to work more locally to where they are and how I've been saying this for years at co-working Europe hubs, we've been talking about rural hubs and smaller towns, community towns, uh, towns that need regenerating uh, and certainly in Scotland there is the towns have done very well it's the cities that have done badly with the pandemic because the towns were the the feeder zones for the cities where people could afford to live well now people want to live and work in those smaller towns that surround the cities so that's where there's going to be market opportunity. We had a panel uh, last month, maybe you've seen it, um, with the Irish, the re representative mm. of the Irish government, because they are mm. investing also 5 million euros to develop yeah. uh, the network of hundreds of what they call rural hub, which are really yeah. small co-working spaces. Um, oh, is there the same scheme um, cooking now in Scotland? Or is, it, is, it, is the approach similar from what you see? Because you have been involved also in this promotion of rural hubs. Yeah. Um, there is, so Scotland's got a whole uh, local towns initiative and 20 minute neighborhoods is being talked about a lot. And strategically at government level, um, there's things that are being worked out, but it's not all fleshed out yet. There's sort of, they've been setting strategy looking at the situation and setting strategy over these last 12 months, they're definitely uh, interested in strengthening towns across Scotland um, and having a more distributed, just like we're talking about distributed workforce and distributed workplaces, mm. the Scottish government on a distributed economy so that there's not such a, with the, what obviously want the cities to remain strong, but actually it's a perfect opportunity to strengthen rural areas and towns to, to enable, yeah, yeah, let's, let's spread the economy around, make uh, Scotland a more equal and fair society. Mm. So. We are arriving at the end of, of this discussion. Mm. Um, what about the, tour? pardon? You want a quick tour of a work in progress? Uh, yes, quick, if, if it's possible, but yeah. it's, if it's not that as huge as you were saying. <laughs> uh, uh, I, could, I could just show you the first space. On no, this no, floor. please, please do. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, well, because okay. we just have a few minutes left. But while, while touring, um, yeah. what about the community? Uh, your historical community, historical community? Because um, from what I understand, you, you could um, stay in the neighborhood or at least in the downturn of, uh, of Edinburgh. But... Um, uh, was it okay for them uh, to, to, to move to, to this new location and uh, or do you think <laughs> we will lose some people? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to show you Waverley Station. There, there's the train. 
Okay, that's the train. Yeah, I can hear the train. So our old location was literally a five-minute walk that way. Okay. So it's really, really not very far. And then this is our first floor, so it will be our, our focus zone. And over the next week, we'll finish rebuilding things. We've had to repurpose and reuse the furniture that was here mm -hmm. within the building. Um, so that's what's going on. And then downstairs, will so this will be lots of work stations, different sizes, spaces. Mm -hmm. And downstairs will be uh, more, it's the commons meeting rooms, kitchen, and the basement will be various meeting rooms. Okay. So our community are, uh, I think we've had one person say that they are, that it's a little bit too far for them. It's like, it's five really? minutes walk. It's a five minute walk from where we were. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I knew, I knew uh, about what you said, that the city could become less attractive and that it used to be, and that it could also impact your um, attractiveness and, um, you know, lower the, the business the, the business potential of the of the of the location i think that there will be some change in how often people come to edinburgh and what they come to edinburgh for but um i i genuinely believe that we will have enhanced business overall it's going to be a bit rocky for and i think until the autumn um but i know for for myself one thing i want to say to the other co-working operators this last week being in the physical space rebuilding um being with my team and and other colleagues or other people who are coming in to help build it's been a brilliant experience it's been so positive it's really shifted my mindset the, mm. the last seven months of sheer grunt at computer the isolation of working from home the you know the winter the lockdown that's been really hard on on me and my team, it's really, it's distressing in a way that I think you don't really realize because you're coping with it until you start to come out of it. And we're coming out of it now. And I know from this last week of being together with people, people need people. It's really mm -hmm. straightforward. Co-working hubs are not about the Wi-Fi and the coffee. We know that that's important. It's about the people and the relationships and the interactions. And last week and this week, I've been seeing that from people who've been starved of company beyond the either their flatmate or the people that they live with or that they don't live with that there's nobody there mm -hmm. and i am i am convinced that people will come back to great co-working hubs where people are put first relationships are put first coffee and the wi-fi work uh people will come back guaranteed uh, everything will taste better uh, yeah it seems yeah we'll you, get you it better you, you can even even uh afford to provide with bad coffee now people will enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> you can because it's the, it goes back to what it was always all about it's about yeah. the people the relationships what you can do together just last week being able to sit with my colleague over a bit of paper and try and work out the furniture tetris that we've got going on there is no way we could have done that on zoom it would yeah. have been an utter nightmare we were three days at it you know people need people and that some of it can be done by zoom doing this brilliant i love the fact that Maybe I won't have to spend so much time in international airports traveling around the world. I can do a lot more of this stuff uh, virtually, but there is other things. It is just, it, it, you can do it so much better when you're actually in the room with people, whatever type of room it is, however good or bad the coffee is. You know, Get people back in a room together, do it. It's brilliant. Awesome, Claire. Always, uh, as always, uh, much inspiration. 
thank you so much for the energy and the bounce back and, uh, and I think it's it's very important also to for, for to re-energize um, all the co-working operators and say there was yeah. okay the light is definitely there yeah. and maybe we'll for the better um, and as we said everything will taste better from now on so that's great yeah it's going to be great just yeah. do it trust that people will come back they will more people are interested in co-working than were ever interested before but make it around the people and what you can do in the space I'm loving making the space, that's wonderful. But actually it's what happens after. So it's what happens after you have the baby. It's having the family, growing the family, having a good family life. Sure. It's the same thing. Sure. It's really, really lovely to see you and speak to you. And hi to everybody. Likewise. Good luck with your journeys out there. Good luck and I can't wait to visit your new location in Edinburgh. Do it, do it. Come and join me. We'll have good coffee. Oh, yeah, <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Claire. Uh, thank you so much. We hope to see you in real life uh, as soon as, as we can, definitely. And thank you again for the great, the great story uh, and um, the hope that you are delivering and, and sharing with us. Thanks to that. Thanks a lot. Take bye care. Bye-bye, Claire. Bye-bye.